Memphis, 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 what up, Grizz Nation, and welcome back to another episode of Grizz 901. I am your host, Daniel Greer. Today's episode's all about putting a beautiful bow on Summer League for the Grizzlies, and the summer of Grizz, it's over. The Grizzlies, they played well, and they didn't play well, but we're going to get into a little bit of that a little bit later on. We're going to talk about pretty much the, the, the idea that the front office had for the Grizzlies this summer, and then we're going to get into how they execute it in that plan. And then the last two things is we're going to evaluate the rookies, the guys that they just drafted, how well they played, uh, kind of our expectations for maybe the season. And then we're going to get into the guys that are the second and the third year guys, which is Zaire, Xavier Tillman, Santiago Dama. But before we get into that, we have a little housekeeping to take care of, a little bit about Grizz 901 and what's happening and what, what's coming up in the future. So, no crazy special announcement, but this will be my last episode for a good bit. And the reason is, is because I want to break. And so, don't be too worried or happy. Okay, I know there's some people out there that are cheering, and I, and I know who you are. But I'm going to be gone for a little bit. And it's, it's my, honestly, my personal choice. But I think there's a lot of good that comes from this. For the simple fact that I get a break, right? I, I've been doing this for a solid 10 months at minimum. We started, our first episode was September the 20th. Our very, very first one with the great Hank McDowell. If you have not had a chance to go back and listen to that to which I did probably, you know, a month or so after I went back and listened to it again. But I haven't, and I want to go back and listen to it again just to see how bad we were. That was one of our first ones that we did as Grizz901. We've been recording for a long time on other stuff with Free Basketball, which is on the podcast network with the lead. And I was doing a spinoff of Grizzlies Free Basketball, and now we have Grizz901. But that was our first one back in September 20th, 2021. So not even a full year in. And so I want to take a little bit of a break because we've been doing a lot of episodes. And so with that being said, this is a great opportunity for the Grizzlied guys. That's going to be Nathan, Chris, Ian, as well as maybe some new people that will be joining us soon. If you want to join Grizzlied, please slide me a DM in Twitter on the Grizzlied at Grizz underscore lead. Uh, we're definitely taking a lot of people right now. We've been uh, hit with a ton of people that's been applying. And so I know that we're going to be growing because I see the applications that are coming in. And so as soon as we get some signatures, you're going to see some new names, especially for this upcoming season. So if you want to join, let us know what you're looking for. I have stuff that I'm looking for, and I have a lot of stuff that I think that this, this brand, the Grizzly brand could do. My vision for this is going to be so good if we can find the right people. Because I really do think that the Grizzlies, 
and Memphis in general has a lot of potential, in all honesty. And with the team growing the way it is and with the brand that we are, that we're developing, I think there's a uh, the sky's the limit, as they say. And I think I really do think that this has the chance to blow up and be one of the biggest, if not the best, uh, brands that that covers the Grizzlies outside of your your big dogs, you know, like the Grind City Media people who get paid uh, by the Grizzlies. So I think it would be a a really good chance for the Grizzly guys to kind of take it over. So what they're going to do is they're going to do some deep diving on players, and so that's going to be figuring out you know what strengths, weaknesses, what you know what can they do, what can they bring to this team. Uh, what exactly does it look like for these players for the future? And to kind of pad with the podcast and what they're adding to it, they're going to be dropping some deep dive articles. So you might get a Desmond Bain podcast with, you know, let's say it's Chris and Nathan, maybe Ian's there as well. They're going to be deep diving into Desmond Bain a little bit. And then an article drops the next day, which is the full deep dive article. And they're going to have a chance to explain it on the podcast. And then on Thursdays, if there isn't breaking news or if there isn't run over from the podcast that came out earlier in the week, which is probably going to be Monday like it has been, then you're going to get a throwback Thursday. And that's going to be some of the best interview podcasts that we've had. And we're going to put them on Thursdays. Gives you a chance to go back if you haven't heard them. You get to hear them fresh for the first time. Plus, there's a lot of cool people that I was able to interview. It was, you know, Tom Izzo, Jamie Dixon from TCU, Monica McNutt was awesome, uh, Jonathan Sharks was on there. So there's a lot of people that you might have heard if you're a longtime, you know, listener. Thank you. Uh, so you can kind of maybe skip the Thursday, the Throwback Thursdays, or you can just listen to them again. They won't be long. They're going to be short, uh, more condensed interviews. They're not going to be long podcasts. Uh, but if you haven't, this will be your chance to listen to those. So with that being said, this is a, a fun summer. The summer of Grizz. Yes, they're done playing for right now. And they won't get playing again until training camp. And then you're going to go into the season you know, roughly in October. So I will be back in roughly almost a little bit under two months. And that date is going to be September 12th. And you might ask, you know, okay, why? Yeah, why September 12th? Well, that's going to be our 100th episode. And once I started figuring out when do I want to come back, once I figured out when I was leaving, I want to figure out exactly when it was. And that date is September 12th because it will be our 100th episode. I have no clue what we're doing. But I want to do a mild celebration because with anything that you're doing, if it's fun, if it brings you life, if it brings you enjoyment, I want to do something special, so no clue what we're doing, but I want to do something that that might be fun for all of us, whether it's me, whether the Grizzly guys, Ryan as well, um, if it's for the the listeners, whatever it is, I want to do something fun, and so we'll see what happens when we come back on September 12th and what we have new in store, uh, getting ready for the next season. So with all that being said, nothing really major will be changing except for I will be gone for a little bit if there is breaking news something big a huge trade you best believe i'll be back but outside of that i'm taking a break gonna be with my family you know with my wife my kids everybody's starting back school soon and so it gives us a chance to kind of start fresh and gives me a chance to think of new creative ideas new content uh, as well as other personal things that are going to be coming out 
uh, here soon that I have that I'm uh, my my stuff that I am taking on uh, with football. And so if you are a fan of football, uh, you'll be hearing about that. It will come out on my personal Twitter page. You can follow me at Daniel Greer, uh, but that will be coming out closer to the football season and things I have in store. So uh, it's going to be based around the gambling aspect of football. And so hope you're going to uh, make sure you tune into that because that will be a good time, good content coming out for me. But besides that, Nate, Chris, Ian, all going to handle this. No problem at all. They're going to still be putting out episodes on Mondays. Throwback Thursday should be coming out unless they have run over that they need to make sure they condense the Monday show and put it up on Thursday. So we'll see. But make sure you tune in and keep tuning in. We have literally been not even going to do this a year when I come back. So I'm already leaving and we're going to be coming back doing our 100th episode right before our full year mark. Uh, it's been a blast. It's been a, it's been a lot of fun, and I can't thank you enough uh, from the from the first episode, which didn't do so hot. It did all right, you know. That's, I expected that. To now, that the downloads, the listens that we get is very um, is very appreciative of of those because honestly, to say it blew my expectations out of the water. Uh, would probably be putting it uh, lightly because uh, this has done better than I ever expected. And so um, there's a lot of good things in store and a lot of fun, fun times uh, that we have covering these Grizzlies because, as you know, um, I love them, you love them. And so, you know, without being said, let's hop into the, the summer of Grizz. All right, so the Grizzlies wasn't what we loved about the summer league. But the great thing about this is I remember, let's say 10 years ago, and it's probably more than that, Summer League was Summer League was a joke. It really was. And it was a part that uh, you're getting some people to go in and play Summer League, and some players played, some didn't. Uh, the big names really didn't play that they did. They didn't play but maybe a game or limited minutes. It wasn't, it wasn't what it is now. And even then, the Grizzlies didn't draft well. The Grizzlies have never been a team that drafts well at all. And so now what we're getting is a front office that puts their time and energy into trying to develop this young talent. These Grizzlies, these young Grizz that we know and love. But to say that it was ever like that would be an absolute joke because it was not. Like Josh Shelby took over the league in the summer league one year. And that was like the most awesomest of the awesome time because he was really good, but he was not a good NBA player. And so that was our one time we got to cheer. But outside of that, it's been very limited. The Grizzlies just have not been good at drafting until now. And the funny thing is, is the Grizzlies, they had Bane last year. And they had a project that they wanted him to do, and that was they wanted to implement him at being a ball handler. And that's what he was. And because Desmond Bain is so awesome, what he became this past season, the Grizzlies' summer league team were pretty good. And they showed it. And even then, you had Brandon Clark back in the day, who was the summer league MVP, and they won the championship that that year. And so the expectations for the Grizzlies' summer league team are now high. And honestly, it's it's to a detriment because this team, this summer league team as is, 
was not a good summer league team. They had the potential, but there are a lot of big guys. There's a lot of length, a lot of good role players, but nobody on this team outside of Zaire that's really going to be a mainstay on this team, especially in the starting lineup. Like Zaire is a good player, but he's not going to be a focal point in the starting lineup if he is in the starting lineup. And I think, in my opinion, I, I would put him as a starter in place of Jaron and you just go a little bit small with Steven Adams as your anchor. And that's I've been saying that for the whole time. Other people are now getting on board. But you want to talk about who's the biggest fan of Zaire Williams? It's John Morant. If John Morant is a huge fan of you, you're going to play. I'm just, I'm sorry. That's how it is. So if you're going to be a team, you're like, hey, where do we play? Where do we go to? Where do we look to in the first part of the season? Outside of any trades, you're going to go to Zaire because you trust him. And I feel like I trust Tyus Jones enough that he can get these young Grizzlies to play, pass the ball, move the ball, probably more of their style, and you have Zaire who can honestly be that guy who's in the corner catching lobs, quick moves to the paint. If he needs to post up somebody and take them inside, he has the length to do that. There's a lot I've seen out of Zaire. And because of that, I really do think that he will be the starter. But enough about that. I'm getting off of my on my soapbox already. This is a uh, this is a solo pod that isn't going uh, right down the right path. And I'm the one steering the ship and I can't keep it on the right path. All right, so let's go to the, the implementations, the uh, expectations, what it was from the front office. What do they want to get done? And the main thing was they wanted to get Zaire on the ball more. They wanted him to dribble the ball. So did that happen? Yes. Was it great? No. I, I don't think Zaire is that type of a player. He's not the ball handler. He's not the guy who's going to have the ball in his hands. And honestly, he didn't rise up to the occasion as much as Desmond Bain did last year. But that's okay, honestly. Like, I I have no problem with that. Zaire is not going to be the creator that even Bain is right now. I think he has a different style of game. He's a one-two dribble, you stop him, post up, and he's like the the old school. You know what it is? It's the slow-mo style. Very long, shoot over you, back you down, that kind of a style of basketball. That's going to be Zaire. And then he has the lobs you can throw up to him because he's long and can jump. The corner threes, the outside threes, that's what he is. So to say it so it didn't work, I would say, you know, no, it didn't work probably as much as they wanted it to. But I think it did what they wanted to do is they wanted to show him what he needs to work on if he wants to be a creator because outside of Ja Morant and, yes, outside of Dylan Brooks, there's not much shot creation on this team. Desmond Bain is a good shot creator, but he but he doesn't do the take-you-off-the-dribble stuff. He catches the ball, pump fake, fly-by king, put it in your eye. Pump fake, you come and crash on him, he goes around you, couple dribbles hard, and he's going up to the layup. It's not a shot creation where he's taking you off the dribble, you know, pound the ball, pound the ball, pull up in your face. It's not that. And we don't have that on this team. And so I think that's kind of what Zaire could be, but in a special, unique role. I don't think he's the guy that pulls you, pulls right up in your eye 
that people have been comparing him to like a Paul George. He's not that. He's a guy who can get a bucket if need be, if the offense flows properly. So going back to it, did it work? In a sense, like it showed that probably a lot of growth needs to happen in that area. But it, but from the first game to this last game when he actually played, I think it got a lot better. And I think that he has potential to be a better ball handler. But on this team, you don't really need to be a ball handler if Ja is on the court. It's when he's not on the court. And that's why they paid Tyus Jones. So mainly they want to look at guys like Xavier Tillman because Xavier Tillman asked to play on the team. They want to look at him like, how do you set yourself apart? And then they want to implement, you know, what are we looking at with Zaire if he's on the ball? And so I think they found and saw what they wanted to see. Now it's going into the season, what do we do now? Okay? And I think that's going to be, you're going to keep Zaire in his role, but he's going to continue to grow until he eventually can take that next leap. His next leap will be his ball handling. And right now it's not there yet. I don't think he takes the leap that Desmond Bain took this past year. But I think in two years, I really do think he can. He's still young. Okay, I'm going to give him some time. He needs to mature a little bit. The nicest guy. The dude is a piano player. Like he has discipline. He is a good dude. And he's going to have the work ethic to make sure that he gets his game right. All right, so let's go to the rookies. And we're going to start off in how they were drafted all the way to the undrafted. And that's going to be, we're going to start with uh, Jake LaRavia. I I don't know if people expected him just to to show out. I expected much more out of him. And we did not get that. But I think that with Jake, it's going to take some time. I I don't think he's ready yet. His defense isn't ready. His his ball, his playmaking isn't ready. The only thing that re- that's ready, honestly, is a set shot. And can he do that similar to what Zaire did this past season? Yes. I really do think he can be the set shot guy who can play you know, 12 to 15 minutes a night and be a good, decent rotational player. It's these other things that's going to maybe embarrass you on the court. And right now, defensively, I think he would get embarrassed very easily on this team. And there's a lot of questions surrounding uh, Jake LaRavia because I have him penciled in as being a rotational player, potentially. I don't know if he's ready. I know he's not ready night one. He would have to grow a ton before then. So I think that he really honestly underwhelmed outside of that first game where he just he looked really good, was taking the shots. His shot was pretty. His shot's been pretty the whole time. But he hasn't shot a lot. And so I think he will benefit from better players on the court because he will be more wide open. He won't be asked to do so much. And he'll be a guy who can kick it out to and bury a couple threes a game. That's really what he's going to be. All right, so let's go David Roddy next. And I've seen a nickname for him is Rowdy David Roddy. That is awesome. I don't know who came up with it. The last person I saw was uh, Joe Molinax. People know who he is. He was saying it at one point. I don't know who was the uh, initial person who came up with it, but I love it. But David Roddy, I haven't seen it. I just haven't. I, I don't know what, what what it is, but I haven't seen it. But the good thing that he has for him is he does have the, the body. 
he has the girth to him. He can he can go on the NBA court and be fine. He's not going to be embarrassed. He's going to be a good role player. So honestly, I, I think that he's a guy that's probably going to get minutes alongside Jake Laravia. He's going to get some minutes. And I think he'll get more minutes than I expect him to get, especially early on. Because I think he has the potential to do a lot of what De'Anthony Melton did, but in a different way. I think he'll be a lot of Mr. Do Something to him, but I think it's going to look a lot differently. And I think it's going to be more of the hustle stuff. It's going to be the banging. It's going to be just, you know, not as consistent as Melton was, but I think he'll have the same kind of, you know, fingerprints on the game but I really do think that you know David Roddy could be a guy who gets you know important minutes on this team just because of the big body quick footwork and if he can learn and settle into a shot I think that he has a big potential I just want to see it I haven't seen it I don't know what it is and and Nathan if you're listening please please when y'all do the deep dive on David Roddy I want to know what it is because He's doing a little bit of everything, but what's going to keep him on the court for a long time? Like, I want to know what sets you out apart because when you do a little bit of everything, there's going to be a lot of nights where you just kind of go unnoticed. And yeah, two rebounds, two assists, a block, and four points. Yeah, that's doing a little bit of something, but honestly, you can get that from a lot of players. So I want to see your fingerprints in the game, and I want to see what you're doing. I want you to be a little bit more aggressive. I, I don't think I don't think this Grizz, you know, the summer of Grizz, this Grizz, you know, summer league team, I don't think they were very aggressive. They didn't have that aggression to them. They didn't look like a bunch of guys who were looking to get a contract. I really don't. Anyway, all right, let's go to the next guy, Kennedy Chandler. The Grizzlies moved up, signed him. He is on a guaranteed deal. I like Kennedy Chandler. I don't know if he's going to play much. And I know people are probably thinking I'm crazy. I, I don't think he plays much. Outside of Ja taking a game off or Tyus taking a game off or, you know, knock on wood, unless they get hurt, I don't see Kenny Chandler stepping on the court. I, he didn't do much in the summer league. Like, he looked fine at times, but he, he, doesn't, he doesn't have his effect on the game where he can just take it over. Like, his shot was okay at times, and his defense, especially early on, that, that first big stop right that he had, he had it on a guy that he's played college ball with, a guy that's similar in size, and he picked his pocket, great, secured the win, but that's it. That's the only big moment I saw out of him. I want to see more, and he's got to have his effect on the game, and that's what I miss seeing. A lot of these guys, they didn't have their fingerprints or their effect on the games. It was just a free flow. And so I, I'm expecting to see a little bit more out of Kennedy Chandler. He's going to need a lot of time down in South Haven. So if you are in the, the South Haven area and you're seeing the hustle, it's going to be a really good team. And they're going to be a lot of fun because these guys have potential. But there's a reason that Kennedy Chandler slid. There's a reason that Junior slid. It's because of there's attributes that don't fit to the NBA game. It's, that's just plain and simple. Either you're undersized or you don't have the right shape, like you're not in good basketball shape. We'll hit on you know uh, Kenny Lofton Jr. later, but that's what it is. So how can they set themselves apart with they're already you know have a setback with being 
not the right size. And so I, I, I need Kennedy Chandler to show me something because I didn't see it in the summer league. I, I even saw it a little bit with Tennessee. He had that bulldog mentality. I want to see that. I didn't see that in the summer league. It looks like the guys that all just got paid and were out in Vegas just, just hanging out. I need, I need a little bit more. Vince Williams. I, I think he's the project of all the projects, of all the draft picks that they got. I think he is the big project. For the simple fact that he is a 3 and D type player. He's a guy that really could find himself in the rotation much earlier than someone like Kennedy Chandler, 100%. I would put him definitely behind LaRavia and Roddy, but I would put him ahead of Junior, and I, and, and I would put him third in line if you're looking for somebody to get some rotational minutes because he can play good enough defensively. He can hit an open shot, and he does a little bit of everything to keep him on the court. I really like Vince Williams' game, and, and I know if you're, if you're hearing this, Ryan, I know you've been a big believer in him. I haven't seen him jump off the page yet, but I do think that midway through the season, I really do think that he could have a, a decent role in this team because I, I like him alongside of these other Grizzlies much more than some of these guys. I, I would take him over Xavier Tillman, Santi Aldama. I would because he doesn't need the ball to, be, to affect the game. But I think he could bury some big threes for you. And I think that's a, a really good player that you need. A good guy who can who can play defense well on an NBA level. He's a little bit older, so he's you know, so he's a little bit more long in the tooth than these other guys who are 19, 20, 21. Uh, I believe he's 22. And so he's a guy that really could be on the court and could, you know, honestly hit you some big three pointers and affect the game in, in multiple different ways. All right, last but not least, everybody's favorite guy, Kenny Lofton Jr. All right, don't take offense to this if you are a huge Kenny Lofton Jr. fan because I love the player. I love the guy. been cheering for him for over a year now, and I kind of stumbled upon him. I love the guy. He uh, has the the nickname, the Bully Ball. Uh, I think that Jr. could be a guy... Who could be, and I've made this statement, and I'll stand back to it, uh, in, in three seasons. So not so this would be the first season. So in third season, I think he could be a starter for the Grizzlies. And some people laughed and was like, dude, he's going to be playing way before then. Okay, well, let's see, because I don't believe so. He's a guy that has the potential. It's all about how can he stay on the court and how can he affect the game outside of on the offensive end? On the offensive end, he's not going to be able to score as easily as he has been able to in college and even in summer league. I think that he can still be able to score. I just don't think it will be as easy as it has been. And he surprised all of us. And he's definitely the reason he's gone undrafted. He's definitely been a player who has proven tons of people wrong. So I would love to be proven wrong. But I, I think that there's a little bit more there that needs to happen before he can be a guy who can make an NBA roster on a consistent level. It's got to be more than just scoring. So my questions on Kenny Lofton Jr. is going to be, how can he rebound? Because Zach Randolph, the reason he was on the court, 
Yes, it was because of his offense because he was a he was a dog. But he was also a guy that you could depend on for getting rebound after rebound. Like he was a guy who would go and get the ball. And he was a guy who was not great defensively, which is fine because you have somebody next to you like Jaron Jackson Jr. I think that he could be really good. He has to figure out what he else what else he does. And is that rebounding? Is it going to be defense? Is is it going to be all offensive stuff? So there's a lot of questions surrounding, you know, Kenny Lofton Jr. I love the player. I just I just think people need to to lower their expectations. I believe he can play, you know, no more than half the season or whatever, 50 games uh on the on the main roster on the on the Grizzlies, right? So he can definitely play in 50 games. He's not playing more than 50 games. Okay, I don't even know if they're going to sign him to a main roster deal, but I wouldn't put that past him. If they went ahead and make a trade, and they do you know two guys or three guys for one, and they want to sign Kenny Lofton Jr. to you know honestly a a full guaranteed deal, yeah, I'm okay with that. If you want to put him on a three or four year deal, fine, I love it. Get him off the two way, but I want to see. I want to see more, and I think South Haven will be really good for him. I think the major, the the major league, the the main roster uh, for the Grizzlies, I think will be very important uh, for him to, trying to get there. But he's going to have the best, you know, chefs he's ever had. He's going to have the best training he's ever had. He's going to have a chance to develop himself in the Grizzly style down in South Haven for the hustle. So there's a lot of good that's going to come from this, but. I want people to lower the expectations. He's not going to be an everyday player for the Grizzlies. Even if they do sign him, they can still send him down on a two-way to the hustle, 100%, and they're going to. He still needs to develop. He can score, yes, but is he a good stats, bad team guy? Potentially. Like the Grizzlies, they, they, they were okay, but if you look at a lot of the games, they lost. In all honesty, they went four and four this entire summer league total. Like they weren't just demolishing and beating people like crazy. And a lot of the games where he went off is the games they lost. And so I want people to take a step back. I like I like Junior. I like him a lot. I think he could be really really good. But I do think that he has a lot to develop. He's not basketball shape, and he needs to get in basketball shape for him to be really effective. I think this will be a very big season for him. Can he still keep his same, you know, girth to him like Roddy has? The same bigness, whatever is that a word? Bigness. Can he keep that, you know, same size to him? That uh, that it helps that he can be that kind of bowling ball on the inside, and then be able to still do all the other stuff. Yeah, I, I think that the sky is the limit for Kenny Lofton Jr. I will be so excited if he can get in shape figure out a way to just be a menace on the on the defensive glass and even on the offensive glass and do those little things that, that Zach Randolph did. I think that's a perfect person who you can compare yourself to and find out how he did it because, you know, honestly, they're the same guy in a sense. Like, they they very much are a lot of the same person, and people fell in love with Zebo just as they're falling in love with Keen Lofton Jr. All right. Last three guys, we're going to hit on Zaire, Xavier Tillman, and Santi Aldama. Let's go Zaire first. We already talked about him before. I think that he took a lot of growth 
in this summer league. And that's simply to see that he was the guy that wanted to put on the ball more. That's what the, that's the front office wanted to do. And he definitely answered the call and, and got better a lot, right? He, he was a guy that, that didn't feel comfortable at all, and I felt like he did feel much more comfortable, as I said earlier, towards the end. But he's a guy that kind of found exactly like his shot or his spot. And a lot of that was getting to right at the free throw line and inside a little bit, backing down a guy and get you know and going over top of him. That was kind of his you know go to move. He was backing people down, taking them off the dribble a little bit, and that's where he kind of found his niche when he had the ball. And I think that was very important to see how can he score outside of the the spot up shooter or the guy who's getting thrown the lob or the guy's run through the lane, you know, dump off and he can, you know, hammer it home. He passed the ball much better, and he was a guy who learned to score on a couple different levels. And so I think it was very important for Zaire. I think uh, he's only growing up right before our eyes, and he's becoming a really good player for this team. And that's the reason I think he'll start um, while Jaron is out for sure. All right, last two guys. We'll go Xavier Tillman, and we'll keep Santi Aldama last. Xavier Tillman, I don't think he's long for this team. I don't know if he does more than what David Roddy could give you. I think Xavier Tillman is a great player. I think he's a great guy. I think he's going to bounce around the league for a little bit. I think he's going to look for a bigger payday. Maybe be a guy that you know can be the small, you know, the kind of smaller big on a team that needs just a a, a guy who does a little bit of everything but doesn't do anything great just does everything good and he's consistent he's going to bring you what he brings you he's pretty good defensively especially on bigger players and even smaller i think he's i think he's fine i think he's the guy that you you feel comfortable playing but i don't think he's the guy that wows you i I don't think he's i don't think he's the guy that changes anything for you i really do think that he could be a backup for this team a backup big for this team for many many years if he wants to stay on that kind of a contract. But if he wants to go look for more plan time or a bigger contract, then it won't be here at the Grizzlies. And I wouldn't doubt if they make the decision to move on from him. The only problem is, is do you move on from a guy who's consistent while Jaron is out? Like that's going to be tough. But I think if they brought back a, you know, a decently big guy, somebody who maybe be a stretch four, help out fill that role while Jaron is gone in a trade, then yeah, I do think that you can throw in Xavier Tillman on a trade that people might want. He's he's consistent, so why wouldn't you want a guy like that? He he'd be great for a team, you know, like you know, like the Lakers, right? They they need people that are cheap and consistent. They don't really need you to do too much because you have LeBron who tries to do everything. Well, a player like that would be beneficial. The Grizzlies have him in a backup role, and I think that's where he is. I honestly, right now, I have him as the 11th guy. I, he's not even in the rotation of 10. So I don't know what it is for Xavier Tillman, but I don't think he's long for this team. And I think that's why he made sure that he asked to play in the Summer League. He just started in a playoff game. Okay. And I know there was reasons around it, but he just started. And he asked to play in the Summer League. And the reason is because they just drafted a bunch of guys. Kenny Lofton Jr. He's potentially, I I might would rather have him in that spot over Xavier Tillman. David Roddy, yes, 100%. 
So I, I'm not sure what it is for Xavier Tillman, but that battle for the backup big is going to be something to watch in, in the training camp. And you better believe we're going to be hitting on that a lot, especially you know with some articles, but also podcasting. We're going to make sure that's, that is going to be a position we are watching, is the backup big position. We're going to see what comes out of it. The Grizzlies, you know that sometimes they make decisions and they just go with it. And if it is a guy like David Roddy in that position, they're just going to go with it. And that decision, it won't change much. They know they feel they feel you know conviction about that. They're going to lean into it. And David Roddy's got to put up or shut up. And that's, that's big for a young player. But I, I really do think that that's the direction they're going to go. All right, last time for Santi Aldama. This man was getting thrown under the bus. Hold on, let me back up. Before we get to Summer League, I hear so many people talking about Santi Aldama being a guy who could be the, the four, the starting four for this team. Okay, this is the roller coaster we were on. The starting four prediction, now that Jaron's out, throw Santi Aldama in there, he plays next to Steven Adams. Worst case, he's the backup big. Okay, next to Brandon Clark coming off the bench. Then we get to Summer League, and people are trashing him and saying, just cut him. Don't even bring him back to Memphis. Leave him in Vegas. He's so terrible. Leave him in Vegas. Okay. That, that's, that's a big overreaction. Or I guess it might have been leave him in Utah. He wasn't great. He is a type of a player that really had to show a little bit of aggression. And then all that slander from everybody... And there's a lot, you know, and honestly, it was warranted. He didn't play good at all. He was terrible. Like, he looked like there was something wrong. But he turns it around, and he has two really good games back-to-back, and then one of those games was 31-point game. Like, that was a big statement from him. But then he came back down to earth, right? So he had those great games where he shot well, played well, he did everything well, and then he comes back down to earth a little bit. So, where is it? Where is Santi Aldama? Is it the 31-point game, or is it the terrible game where he's got five turnovers and, you know, in 20 minutes where he's put up six points and, you know, two of 11 shooting? Like, what is it? Who is Santi Aldama? I think Santi Aldama is a project, the biggest project. He has the size, but he doesn't have the skill yet. He's not a great dribbler at all. He's not a great shooter. He's not good at defense, but he has the size and potential, and he's gotten better since the first day that he was here last year. We just drafted him last year. He is 100% a project. He was supposed to go over the, overseas. He was not even supposed to stay in the States. And I believe that they drafted him because of the connection with the uh, assistant coach, Darko. I believe that. And so now he's here. He's not supposed to be playing yet. He has potential, but he still needs to keep getting better. I did not expect him to play much at all this next upcoming season. I still don't. I still think he'll see spot minutes, but he doesn't do anything great yet. He still is slow. He's slow-footed. His shot is okay, but his defense is not good. He needs to be a rim protector if he's going to be a guy who's going to be playing good defense. I haven't seen it yet, but I do think that they're going to keep with Santiago Dama. I think he has a, a at least another year or two 
that I would keep him on the team as a project. He's not getting paid much money at all. Okay, He's just taking a roster spot. But at least you have potential. What if he does figure it out? What if he does pick up the foot speed and he starts burying these shots and he become you know, a good defender, a decent rim protector? He's a great stretch four then. And he's a guy that you got for really cheap, really early on. And I, I think that this was a swing they took. It hasn't been a miss, but they haven't made contact yet with it. So I really want people to kind of take a break. Let Sante, let Sante live. Okay, don't kick him off the team yet. If they want to trade him, that's fine. If he does get released, that's fine too. Okay, he's a project. It's going to take some time, and he's not going to play this upcoming season much at all. I would be shocked if he if he honestly played. There's only so much room for these guys, and we only really lost Kyle Anderson, okay, and DeAnthony Melton. That's it. That's all we really lost. Now, Jaron's not going to be there, which is going to be big early on. But realistically, when the team gets in you know, full, they've only lost two guys, and neither one were starters. Okay, so let's just back it up a little bit. I, I think that this team's going to be good, but don't push these guys, especially like a guy like Santi Aldama. Don't get your expectations too high. Too high. Give him a break. All right, that's all we have. Make sure you keep staying tuned when the Grizzly guys – bring you all of their deep dives and any kind of interviews that they might have up their sleeve. Uh, they're going to be here all summer long, but make sure you can keep on uh, continuing to download, subscribe, share, tell your friends. We're going to keep pushing out the content. Uh, they believe that uh, it kind of dies down you know, for the Grizzlies fan base during the summer. And so they want to be the guys that kind of give you the content. So I thankfully get to take a break. But I will be around. Don't worry. And make sure you stay tuned in for us because there's a lot of good things coming. If you want to join Grizzly, hit us with a DM. We'll get you an application. We'll kind of see what you're, uh, what you're thinking about and how, what did you want to do and how you want to help uh, Grizzly grow because this is going to be season two. And we have some big, big plans for this. Our vision is big and we, uh, we, we're excited. We're so excited. And we're excited that uh, you came and listened to us. Uh, it's been so much fun, and I can't wait to share um, another season and uh, kind of take a break, uh, give my voice a break. Might go have a, uh, a nice hot tea uh, and get the get the voice, get the vocal cords, get them just tuned up, tuned up for the return. September 12th for me, September 12th, our 100th episode. Make sure you come back. If you listen to the other ones, great. Thank you so much. Keep listening. But don't miss September 12th when I come back. Me and Ryan will be back for sure, giving you all that. All right, signing off for the last time. Let's have a great week. Crush your week. It's hot. It's hot. We need that rain. I heard there's a rumor of rain. I don't know when it's coming. It might come overnight. Who knows? But make sure we uh, we have a great week. Let's crush this week, and it's hot, baby. It's hot, but it's glorious. Be nice. Tell your friends.